you forget that you need to rest at a really high level at the same time. And we've, I mean, you can, you can go back. We've talked a lot about the evolution for me of, you know, just how rest is not earned, you know, Mm -hmm. but I still, I mean, that's something that still is like tethered in my mind that I haven't been quite able to let go. I want to say what you just said again, high level rest. I've never heard that phrase before. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Today's episode is sponsored by Amy from Rebel Nutrition. You can catch her in episode 104. She's the creator of Online Course Academy and is hosting a free masterclass that teaches how to create a profitable online course that brings in 5K a month, even if you're starting from zero. I've been watching Amy for years now. She's had the opportunity to throw out many courses out there, but the one that seems to be the mainstay that's there all the time that I've seen her do really well with is her online course academy. I've known several people to go through this course and I've watched them just soar with success. So we're super excited to dive into it ourselves and I hope that if you guys are interested in making your own course and learning how to get it out to your audience and build as you go too, this is a great way to start. In this training, you'll learn the number one reason most online courses fail. It has nothing to do with the size of your Instagram following how to make a 5K month or more from your online course, and a precise calculation for how big your audience needs to be. Also, how to grow your audience while simultaneously building your course. And also, why you don't need to be an expert before selling it. This also gives you a good insight on how to sell your course online, and how to generate buzz and excitement around your course topic to get as many students enrolled as possible without paying for ads. Most people have concerns about creating their own online course, like, What would I even create an online course about? How do I build an audience and who wants to even buy my course? Why would anyone listen to me when there are so many experts out there? How would I launch or even market this to a tiny audience? Would anyone even buy? What about all the tech stuff? Videos, worksheets, audio lessons? Oh, the overwhelm. And what about the logistics? Coming up with content, deciding which information to share, and can courses really create enough income for me to live off of? You know, OCA will walk you through every single one of these fears step-by-step using video, audio, and done-for-you email scripts, and even design templates to make your slides and other supplemental course materials to make sure your students get results. If you want to join, text online course academy, one word, no spaces, to 44222. Again, text online course academy, one word, no spaces, to 44222 where you'll receive a link to join the free training. We'll also link to the sign-up page in the show notes.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. Genevieve and I are excited to be just having a little little coffee chat, little coffee little and chat. tea chat. Yes, yes. Um, with y'all today, and just you know, we're just gonna kind of talk shop with you and give some life and some business updates. And um, you know what? Yes. I think some of these are our most listened to episodes, which I find interesting and kind of funny. But it's Oh, I'm sweet. You know, I think about when I, you know, fall in love with a podcast and the people who do it and wanting to hear about what's going on behind the scenes and in their lives. And it's yeah. not always an enjoyable thing Same. for me. It's just hard to put myself in the, those shoes, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, I know. Like, who, me? What? Yeah. So. Very much so. How are you? I feel like that is the question of the century. I, I like every time I have like a skin consultation because I think that's been really a fun part during this time. It's I'm not really like physically social, really. Like I'm not like hanging out with people like hardly ever. I'm in my family that's here. But um, the way I feel like I've been social is I've been doing one on one skin consultations over the phone. And it's interesting because most of these people I don't actually like no and I'm not friends with a lot of people that I talk to on the phone for skin consultations but I'm just like naturally you just say how are you doing or they ask me how I'm doing and we're both like well (laughs) I'm okay how are you I'm okay (laughs) so I'm like I'm okay like I mean I'm getting getting along and it's been a really interesting few months and um in particular May was I mean, probably every gamut of emotions and part like beginning of June, there's just so many personal things going on. So many, you know, worldwide things going on. So many, you know, we have to live under a rock to not know all the things going on with the racial injustices. And it's just, there's just a a lot for me to like, um, disseminate and break down and like internalize. And I'm not naturally an, an internally like thoughtful person, I'm very reactive to my world and people around me. And it's, it's a huge point of growth for me to like take a second and like (laughs) introspectively think about things. Um, and so I'm good. I had a beautiful month with beauty counter, which blew my mind. I mean, so I, I, you guys have to know, like within beauty counter, there's different promotional titles that you can, you can achieve during that. And I have been going for this particular title called director for three years, you know, a solid two and a half years, <laughs> like at least three, but solid two and a half. And it's been a wild ride. It's, it's a lot about, um, leadership. It's, um, a little bit about sales and a lot about education, while trying to get to that promotional title and so it's it I guys I hit director in May it just blew my mind like I was just and so and dance over here for you I know she's like in front of the mic dancing and because Cassie knows like she's been there through all of it and it's been I, I haven't really feel like I've had little moments of celebration but I haven't by any means basked in like this achievement that I've been going for for such a long time um, because it's just the nature of where we're at right now. And so it's it's been interesting having this kind of internal conversation of like, I just hit something I've been trying to hit for two and a half to three years during a global pandemic. Let me think about this for a second. Like, wow, like honored a little bit of imposter syndrome, a little bit of like, did I just do that? Like, <laughs> 
did that just happen? Like, because it's definitely not just about me being able to hit that promotional title. It's about team building and um, just loving that opportunity to um, help other women and people do this business. And it just makes me so happy. But I, I also feel like the name of the game during this time has been um, Mastering the Pivot. And for me, the Mastering the Pivot always seemed like literally like pivoting a totally different direction. But this has been so nuanced. It's not like I haven't stopped any of my businesses. My my work is still going forward. You know, my family, my kiddos still went to school. My husband didn't work for two of the last three months. And, and so, but there was still, you know things that needed to be done. So there was just a lot of like little pivots. I felt like we were like running around these little obstacles trying to like get places and it was just everything would come out of nowhere. And so, you know, master the pivot, roll with the punches, (laughs) you know, change can be good, but my gosh, has it been a growing, changing season and sometimes growth and change just really feels uncomfortable. And so that's just what it's been. It's just been uncomfortable. (laughs) Mm-hmm. in a good way in a bad way in a stressful way in a all the things way and so I think the thing that's been really huge on my mind has been how to cope how to deal how to grow and be okay with being a little uncomfortable because let's face it it's little but still uncomfortable but um, I've been seeing a lot of like massive signs of stress within my body that I'm not okay with just I can't just sweep it under the rug you know, I just been having my body's been showing me all sorts of um, things that I'm I haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> um, I attribute that to quite a few things. Um, you know, I haven't been able to see my chiropractor in three months, and that's unusual for me. And I really rely on that appointment to help me out because in times of stress, like I got I get out of whack in times of stress, and then you guys have to admit it's been really a stressful time. But I was able to see the chiropractor on uh, Tuesday this week, and. It was like, I was talking to my friend Julie from Beauty Riot, and she was like, it's like the lights flip on, isn't it? And that's exactly what it felt like. I just felt like lights on, chill, like all at the same time after my chiropractic appointment. So I was so grateful, so grateful to be able to have that appointment and um, kind of gain a little perspective of like, okay, I'm not imagining things. My body is a little annoyed with me right now. And so um, I'm also top of mind is things like stress that I've seen within my body and also seeing it in my family and like, what am I going to do about it? So I feel like I've had to go like way back to basics of like nutrition, sleep, um, emotional well-being, because I have found for myself specifically when I don't break down how I'm feeling or like have a safe place to share that, I internalize the emotions physically like nobody's business like hello adrenal fatigue times 10 it's what it feels like like I had some adrenal fatigue um, symptoms that I haven't had in a very long time in the last two two weeks or so I started um, getting like this really achy left hip and that hasn't happened to me in years I mean maybe maybe postpartum with both of my kiddos and that was a long time ago. My youngest is almost seven. So needless to say, I was like, okay, so what does that mean for me? And so I've had to go back to some things that I haven't had to do in a long time, or at least like I haven't had to employ really intentionally. And it's, it's been helpful for sure. It's things like movement without judgment, 
Whereas before I started going into movement because of joy or movement because of um, I wanted to gain some strength back and things like that. And I've had to literally just be like, that's not the point of why I'm moving right now. Like the point is just to move with no judgment, period, because my body can't take any more stress. And so I've been doing things like taking daily walks, um, sometimes long walks. Um, I've been playing more with physically playing more with my kids. We got some lawn games that have been so fun. <laughs> Random of randoms. We bought this lawn game that looks like um, an axe throwing game, but they're, it's like a plastic bullseye that um, will take these plastic um, axes. And so we've been um, throwing these plastic axes and playing games with that. And I've been um, gardening more. Um, I've been taking more Epsom salt baths. So doing some more stress management that's like physically helpful for me. So like Epsom salt baths, holy basil tea has been my jam lately. Like I'm probably drinking two, two cups a day to like, well, maybe even it's more than two cups. It's like two giant mugs full of holy basil tea a day. And um, Which, I, I can... For those of you who don't know, holy basil is an adaptogen. It's so It like so adapts good. to the your body's needs in terms of stress. Which has been profoundly important for me. And it took me until about three weeks ago to remember that that was a thing. <laughs> it's oh, funny yeah. when you're when you're in that state of stress it's hard to remember all the tools you have in your toolkit. yes for um you know caring for yourself and taking care of those needs that pop up but mm -hmm. you know something rattles you and you're like oh you know it's a health scare that rattles you <laughs> that says oh shoot yes. I need to you know oh I need to listen to my body weird yeah 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 and I definitely had some of those like stop you in your tracks like, symptoms of like this is not okay. Like <laughs> my body cannot keep doing this. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And it's, it's, and that's also been an interesting time for me because it's been so long since I've had those kind of physical symptoms that I've entered into, I'm, I'm in a different place now where I was back then. Um, and I'm doing a better job of communicating my needs to those around me because they don't even know how to help me when I'm like that. They don't know how to because I didn't share when I was going through that because I just I just didn't. I don't know. I was still trying to figure things out. And and so um, I've been really loud of like, hey, if you notice these kind of physical symptoms in me or these symptoms, period, you could make me a cup of holy basil tea. You could draw me a <laughs> bath. I would hop in that in a second, you know, and like talking about what works and what doesn't work for me. So I'm just I'm doing a better job of advocating for myself and also like teaching those around me like what works for me. Um, which is, I think, really important for me because they're, I'm so self-forgetting that way that it takes me a hot second. It, it has to be pretty bad for me to notice, like, oh, I need to stop and do something for myself. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had several cups of tea made for me, and that was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've also been able to hold some space for myself time-wise, which is, and, like, advocate for myself with no like an honest like yes get out of here go away we love you like go make some time for yourself which has been really important for me too so I mean everyone is most people are home with their kids or their partner or both right now mm -hmm. or have been at least and are kind of slowly emerging from that and you know <laughs> it's 
when there's so much going on, it's almost like there's nothing going on, but there's a ton going on at the same time. But everyone, I mean, if you're around physically all the time, you're there for everyone else's needs, right? And when you're there for everybody else's needs, they're going to keep reminding you what their needs are all the time. And it's easy to forget your own, um, especially when you naturally do that anyway. Yeah. And really, I think the thing that was important for me was doing more than just because I I also have been better about communicating my needs, but it was I had to very much advocate for I needed a day off. Mm -hmm. Like I needed to step away and not because it's such a knee jerk subconscious reaction for me to um, anticipate everyone's needs around me that I had to be like, I need to like physically not be with you guys. I can't even be in the house with you. (laughs) Like. I can't be in a room with the door shut. Like, like I need to go. And, and so, you know, our little get together yesterday, like if you guys, like you, I haven't, I didn't post about it on social media. I didn't, because I really needed to just step back. We did a, like a social distancing hangout, <laughs> Cassie and I, and it was the first time we've physically seen each other since what, February, beginning of March, beginning of March, since we had our, our lead or pivoted lead workshop in Portland. Yeah. And it was, that was super wonderful, but like, that's a long time for me to not be in like physical energy exchange with somebody I really care about. Like that's really long time. We're used to seeing and talking to each other a lot. Yeah. Yeah. For real. And so (laughs) anyway, so we just had this wonderful, like we ate and all we did was eat and talk like (laughs) all day. Fantastic. It was so fantastic. But, you know, we were able to do it in a way that felt safe and protective for both of us. And, you know, because I live with my parents and they are very much in that age range. That's scary. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's one of the so too many unknowns. Like it's just not there's just not enough known about um, that age range. And um, so that's why it's been we've been so protective up until now. And even now, I still feel like that was super protective because we were careful about physical proximity while still like just being able to like have that energy exchange in this physical presence i got to pet the puppy oh Oh my gosh the puppy we need it we need a pup date on the podcast yeah yeah we do like i definitely want to hear about that oh my gosh he's super cute he's been like the most welcome distraction he's also trying to chew on a wood bin that holds like all our shoes outside right now He's just bored. Teething. He's so bored right now. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> oh, I'm, like, I'm sorry. I have and... to kind of lock you up while you we're podcasting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No. Yesterday was wonderful. So I mean, I think we've talked about this on the podcast previously, but uh, you know, every once in a while, you know, sometimes it's monthly, sometimes it's quarterly. I I have just learned that I need a couple of days where no one expects anything from me, and. And I'm talking like back to back consecutive, you know, no one's asking anything of me. I have no plans. I can just Mm -hmm. roll with the punches and enjoy myself. And that's something that I, I learned, you know, the hard way, not not being self-forgetting and not taking care of myself on a regular basis. And, you know, it tends to be this cumulative thing where I'm like, oh, okay, that's enough. That's enough. (laughs) 
I'm done. I'm done. I feel it. I feel it. I'm out. Um, and you know, I'm coming from a pretty privileged place when it comes to like my childcare situation. Like I'm not one of the parents who is, you know, flailing with kids at home, you know, this whole time and trying to do homeschool. My kid happens to be young enough to where he was still in preschool. My mom happens to be a retired preschool teacher. So incredible. Um, and she takes care of my son full time anyway. And so she picked up the preschool torch and she just decided to pick up an extra day so that I could have five days because he was normally with um, a different family member, you know, one day a week. So but that means like that exchange has to be that I'm not having really any social contact with people. I've had Mm -hmm. a couple of like social distancing walks with friends, um, you know, just more recently when the weather's been a little nicer in Oregon, mm-hmm. but it's been, it's been a challenge meant for my mental health and physical health too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Just not being able to be in community and like literally like physically hug people like Genevieve and I hung out all day yesterday and we didn't hug once and it was terrible. <laughs> no, well, and I think it was the initial like, hi, it was like, and bye. Hi You're and right. bye. It was the high and high bye. And bye. It was the high buy that was really hard. You're right. Other than that, it felt totally normal. (laughs) Yep. Yep. You know, it was like, like, hey, what's up? Like, I want to hug you. Can I high five? No. Elbow? Probably not. Okay. (laughs) Hi. Like, but it was, it was such a, like, I, I left yesterday. I don't think I've even told you this. I left yesterday and listened to music on the way home. Mm. And I didn't realize how important it is for me to have those recharge moments to, allow myself to even get into a place beyond the basics like I'm, I went home and just jive to music and it, it was like I was having like an existential experience like I was just like an out-of-body like I felt like I had creativity starting to like creep into my brain for the first time in a long time and it, yeah. it takes a lot of self-care like more than I know how to do to enter into um, a creative space for me and I realized on the way home last night that I I need that that moment of just total <laughs> just nobody asking anything of me just like you were saying nobody asking anything of me having that opportunity to just um think about my immediate needs and just it's almost like a zen moment I need that zen moment to be able to even think about anything creative or something that feels nourishing to me you know mm-hmm. I think when you are a high producer of things, you know, you create, you're creating in multiple ways, right? You have your platform on Instagram, you have the podcast, you have like the potential or for me, like I have a blog, uh, we have our beauty counter teams and trainings Mm -hmm. and, and things we're involved with there. We have family stuff. There's when you're someone who's producing a lot all the time in terms Mm -hmm. of like content and education, you forget that you need to rest at a really high level at the same time. And we've, I mean, you can, you can go back. We've talked a lot about the evolution for me of, you know, just how rest is not earned, you know, Mm, but I still, mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that still is like tethered in my mind that I haven't been quite able to let go. I want to say what you just said again, high level rest. I've never heard that phrase before. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't really want to prop up her stuff anymore, Rachel Hollis. <laughs> but one of the she had a podcast episode um, a while back, I, and to 
to just give that a little context, she's had a couple of, of moments where, um, she wasn't doing the work needed in the category of anti-racism and not trying to come from a place of judgment, but just like, Hey, you have a responsibility because you have a big ass platform. <laughs> okay. For real. Let's use it for good things. So anyways, I, she had a podcast episode, um, a long time ago about, you know, leaning into caring for your health and wellness um, in a big way and resting in a big way because you're doing big things and you need mm. that high level rest just like you are doing that high level production. I've never heard that before. That makes so much sense. <laughs> it does. It really does. And so, you know, like we master our work, we need to master our rest too. You know what's and annoying about that though? You know the phrase that matches that, that is kind of slightly misstepped? is play hard work hard play hard yeah you know and I'm like yeah but there's also rest hard <laughs> like, yeah rest big I mean, and for some people play feels like rest but mm-hmm. mo- I mean these days rest for me feels like sitting on a porch doing nothing with my um, my close friend <laughs> yeah and getting takeout and not cooking a thing or doing a thing yeah. all day <laughs> and eating great. gluten-free yummies which by the way I left that gluten-free cookie in here for you totally did I'm gonna eat it you eat it because I'm not gonna see you again for a while, huh? And I was like, "Dang it, cookie!" Ah. Anyway, but oh, I have Genevieve's cookie in my freezer. Um, <laughs> I think this episode is just a long-running inside joke. I'm pretty sure. Um, anyways, so I, you know, I think it's. I don't know. It's been. It's been an interesting transition for me personally too, as far as as finding my rhythm with self-care mm. during this pandemic time what and then, rhythm what rhythm come on well <laughs> to be I cannot fair find one. to be fair i have the ability to have a rhythm more than most right now because of I'm the so child care that i have happy but that doesn't mean jealous. i do it that doesn't mean i do it <laughs> this is the key it does not mm-hmm. mean that i do it and mm-hmm. i think you know i it took us getting into, you know, nicer weather and me leaning into, you know, it usually takes me like two to three months of kind of frump or like just lack of activity and movement for my Mm -hmm. body to be like, excuse me. (laughs) And I started to get, I was getting (laughs) neck pain and Mm. I was just tired all the time. And then I like looked at my stuff and I was just like oh I think the last time you worked out was legit eight weeks ago (laughs) yeah for real this is not a surprise and I had a pretty good habit going um you know I I really I struggled and I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with this but I really struggled to get back to doing physical activity after like the gym was just like not a thing and the moment the moment the pandemic began and we knew we were gonna have to stay home and my husband was totally right. He's like, this is going to last until summer. And I was like, what? You know, just like having Stop. to <laughs> having no school or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just had no idea that it was going to be what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the gym was shut down and it's reopened since. But I don't feel comfortable going back right now because, again, I'm in this place of protecting my mom who is in that high risk category. Mm-hmm. And I need her um, and I want to be with her. So I'm going to I'm going to take the the necessary precautions and that means not going to the gym and when we first kind of let up on that I was like well I will start doing these online classes and I take online dance classes and I do love those but I'm not consistent with them it's more like a fun thing that I do Mm -hmm. and it's a very inexpensive subscription with Steezy and I love it and 
you know, little man and I will geek out on that, on some hip hop dancing every once in a while. (laughs) And, and then the other thing was doing the class, which I loved the class, but none of, they do live broadcasts. It's not just taped and you can do it whenever. Mm. And they do have some that are taped, but it's not like the everyday kind of, and they, the very beginning of the class is so contextual. It's like meeting you where you're at. This is what's going on in the world. Where's your heart? Where's your mind? Mm. Um, and it's a very whole body experience. Um, and it's a fantastic resource. I highly recommend trying the class, you guys. If you're someone who can do disciplined workouts at home, <laughs> which I think <laughs> anybody can if they find the right motivation. But for me, I just, I know myself well enough that I need that individual accountability. And I had reached out to someone to do some personal training when this thing kind of first began because I did, I was so scared of mm-hmm. losing the momentum that I had already built in the gym. And, you know, she just didn't really get back to me. And then I had another good friend who's a personal trainer um, and just, I mean, fantastic human and is, happens to be also like works with beauty counter with me. <laughs> and oh yeah. That's one of my favorite parts. I like know. just good people connected in so many good ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had mentioned, she was like, Hey, well, if it doesn't work out with, you know, the person you've been working with for a long time, like, let me know and, and we can figure something out. And I just never asked her. <laughs> And then I just had a moment with my coach, Lucia Holly. I will tag her in the, in the show notes for you guys. Um, I'm doing her lean and liberated program, which I highly recommend. It's just unfucking your mind when it comes to your, um, diet mindset and getting recentered with your body and being present while you're eating and Mm -hmm. there's some fasting involved. It's fantastic. And, you know, one of the things that she had said on our coaching call was like, you know, I just said I felt a lot of friction around being consistent with working out, but I know that's what my body needs and is craving. And, you know, I, I should just hire a personal trainer. And she goes, well, what could you do about that right now? It's <laughs> just like, oh, okay. Well, oh. yeah, I could do something about that right now. And it just makes me think about, we get so stopped up on the simplest things because they feel insurmountable or they feel so big. And, mm. and I just want to say like, I am not immune to that <laughs> in my position yeah. as a, as a health and wellness professional, as mm-hmm. someone who talks in personal development and has a podcast. Like I still have moments where I'm like, uh, I can't work out right now. It's too hard. Like I need a <laughs> trainer, but I can't call a trainer. Cause if I call a trainer, then I'm going to have to pay and then I'm going to have to like arrange the meetings. And I'm gonna have- it was so ridiculous. I texted this person, <laughs> Anna Dillard, who um, I- I'm like literally forcing her to like get a website going right now. So I can share what she's doing because she's such a great trainer. She's doing some online training. So mm, I will, cool. um, you guys can, you guys can DM me if you want her info and you live locally or want to work with her or if you um, live remotely and want to work with her. But basically, you know, I text her and I said, Hey, this is what I'm needing. I'm needing some functional training. I need it three days a week. I need someone to come to me and this is what I need. We need to be outside so that we can keep our distance and la 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 la. And she was like, great, let's do it. <laughs> that was pretty much it. And you're like, Oh, okay. She told me yeah. how much, she told me how much it would cost. And I was like, great we're going to do the things. And I looked at Josh and I was like, this is how much I'm investing in my personal training monthly. And he's like, great. And I was like, perfect. Okay, we're good. And then and that's, <laughs> it literally was set up at that point. Now we've only been doing it for two weeks, but I'm like, why haven't I been doing this for the last 10 weeks, oh, man. 11, 12, 13, 14 weeks, however long we've been home. I don't know. 
That's uh, actually truly how I feel about hiring a VA for the first time, a virtual assistant. Yes. Like, and that so was good. thanks to Cassie. Cassie was like, Jen, you need this. <laughs> and so I think that being able to hire out is, it is such a privilege, but it's kind of leans back to the, like, you know, work hard, rest hard, play hard. Like sometimes work hard also means like hiring someone like you know yeah I think you know we talked a bit about this with Shay when she was on the podcast previously but you know the moment in which you need to hire someone you don't really know you need to until it's Mm -hmm. a problem it's like a big problem as your Mm -hmm. business grows and I think one of the things we don't think about again and again I think this is something we've referenced before is that there's a lot of household stuff you can outsource before you mm-hmm. need to hire yourself an assistant. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I need an assistant. And the funny part is anytime I bring someone in to clean my house, um, you know, as like an external service to save, quote unquote, save myself time, or um, I bring someone in to do VA work for me, I have them doing work that I haven't been doing anyway. Like it's not, it's not like they're taking a lot of stuff off my plate. They're taking things off my mental plate. So true. And that allows me more time and space to be plugged into the things I need to be plugged in with. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been a similar experience. And just to go back, I mean, basically, um, I hired a, a VA. She's absolutely wonderful. I'll check with her to see if I'm allowed to share her information on the podcast. I don't know <laughs> if she's taking on any new clients right now, um, but she is a beautiful, wonderful human and has a lot of my same interests and actual professional designations too. She's a fellow NTP. Um, and and bringing someone on to help me do the work in my business of systems, like just working on systems is, you know, my, my weakness for sure. And having someone to help with that was fantastic. And then being able to talk to you about a project you wanted to get up and going. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, you should hire, you know, my friend to do this work for you. It would be great. And, and went, both of oh us gosh, seeing that mm-hmm, <laughs> and both of us seeing that freedom kind of enter into the equation and realizing how affordable it is mm-hmm. to hire someone to help you. It's a so pretty true. amazing. I sit back and I'm like, oh, I could have a few hours of work from a VA or I could get my nails done. I choose the three hours of work from a VA. <laughs> yeah, like, for real. hundred percent. Yep. A hundred percent. So anyways, yeah. I know, it's and been, I just started and I'm already like, yes. <laughs> well, you start and then you're like, how do I keep this going? I, yeah, this I going. must. I must. Yeah, yeah. It's been, and like you said, that mental room has been part of that like self-care for me because I'm not thinking about it. And I've got somebody prompting me like, hey, I need this. Okay, cool. Here it is. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, as we shift into like our summer schedules, it's really interesting to see like how business has to change for me over the summer. But I feel so much more flexibility and freedom around actually being able to enjoy the summer with having, um, you know, hired someone to help me or a couple of people actually to help me. And that's been a really lovely shift. And then, you know, kind of on the coattails of what you were talking about uh, and and an update on all things that have happened basically since the beginning of March, um, just to let you guys in on kind of the behind the scenes with Beauty Counter right now. I, you know, Genevieve and I, if you guys are new to the podcast and we keep saying Beauty Counter and you're like, what are you talking about? Beauty Counter is a um, personal care product company that makes safe products 
and we are our mission-based company. We're a B Corporation based out of Santa Monica, California, um, and it's a direct sales business. And we have a partnership coming up with Sephora, which is holy cow, <laughs> amazing! You guys, you guys, my dreams. Jen dreams is gonna geek out really. Okay, Jen, hang on. You can geek out in a second, but <laughs> I, you know, I the crazy part about. Um, being involved with beauty counter is that we've seen it grow like nearly double or more than double since the Mm -hmm. beginning of Mm COVID-19. And I think there's a lot of really, you know, sobering. (laughs) Yeah. in just like two, three months. Um, And there's a lot of sobering things to think about when it comes to COVID-19. Right. Um, But I think there's also some interesting lessons that come, not at the cost of people's lives. Like, let me just tell you, I'm not being insensitive to the reality of what's happening in the world. Um, But the interesting thing that I see happening is people having the realization that they need to diversify their income strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like if we're going to rewind and go back to like all the shop talk that we've been having on the podcast for the last couple of months, like we Mm -hmm. all need to be diversifying our income streams. And, and then also the other thing that's happening is people are, you know, at home and wanting something that's just for them. Um, a lot of, of mamas and women yeah. joining the team. We have a few new men on the team, which is really so cool. exciting. And, you know, the best part about the growth over the last few months is everyone who has joined is like, okay, it's go time. Like, let's, let's make this happen. How do we support what Mm -hmm. Beauty Counter is doing? How do we grow our own business? How do we make this happen? And it is a group of some of the most um, motivated and passionate and coachable Mm -hmm. people I've ever worked with. And it's been just really beautiful to watch. And so, um, you know, last month in May, I hit managing director with Beauty Counter for the first time. And if you guys don't know, that is the top of the company. (laughs) I'm going to say it for her. It is. I know. It's the top of the company. And it's something I've been working for for a very long time, for three years or just over three years. And, um, you know, it it was made all the sweeter when Genevieve hit a big goal for herself in that same month, which if she hadn't hit that, I would not have hit managing director. Like how so we, much sweeter could that possibly have been? Yeah. I don't know if it could have been any sweeter. It's a big personal victory for both of us. Yes. And, you know, I was actually, I, w- I had done a, a, like a training video for our, our larger beauty counter team and was actually listening to it this morning because someone tagged a, a, a teammate in it. And so it popped back up and mm. it was from a couple years ago. And I was talking about my goal to hit managing director within the next couple of years and listening to hopeful, hopeful, excited, but unknown, you know, previous Cassie and then hearing and seeing what has happened now is pretty amazing, but it's been, (laughs) it's been hard. (laughs) It's been hard to celebrate, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I recognize that it's a privilege for me to say that. Can I just totally recognize that I, I am coming from a privileged place when I say like, Oh, you know, (laughs) this conversation around social justice and anti-racism, um, is, is, um, happening at the same time that I am celebrating one of the biggest moments of my life. And that's okay. That is 
it needs it needs to be there it needs to take center stage and so I mean that's that's my heart you guys know if you listen to the podcast last week that's where my heart is and so you know I went you know what who fucking cares about managing director right now like we got work to do Mm -hmm. and so it was but it's it's been a, a interesting internal struggle to to want to celebrate that and and kind of shout it from the rooftops but do so in a way that reflects actually how I'm feeling right now mm-hmm. which is not a hundred percent happy and squishy and you know excited there's a lot of turmoil and there's a lot of realization that has happened to the point where I'm like okay I gotta get back to work and yeah. one of the things and that feels like a mind fuck because one of the things that I've worked so hard on is to make sure that I am stopping to celebrate their victories and you know small and large yeah. along the way because I'm always moving that freaking goalpost. it's like oh yeah we did managing director and now I'm like okay let's hit managing director again let's double the whole business you know let's promote. I know up until now there are <laughs> other promotional titles to managing director I yeah. feel like there's never been a chance for you to celebrate or even you haven't allowed that chance to happen and so I was like I, I could see managing director coming for you. Like I could see it through the month of May. And so when it happened, but it happening on the 31st of May, where it was, there was just so much social injustice education happening and things were coming forward so quickly that it was like there, I, I couldn't celebrate something I'd been trying to, trying to hit for, I mean, I feel like I, I, I did a woohoo and then it was time to move on. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And again, I mean, that's okay. I think, one of the um, one of the things that's come out of really the beginning of this experience of being a leader during a social justice revolution with my my beauty counter team is just having literally being forced to step into that place of leadership for them and mm-hmm. being that voice and you know realizing how important it is for mm-hmm. me to be able to to at least point people in the direction of the resources that I'm finding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and help people navigate, n- not from a place of, again, being an expert ever, but, um, you know, allowing other experts to come and pour in. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's my role in leadership right now is to facilitate. And something I really want to point out to you that is kind of hard to do because <laughs> I watched you during this time lean into your Enneagram 8 superpower of <laughs> like, um, justice of leadership of like you I I learned so much from watching you live in that superpower to the point where it reminded me about what my superpower is and you know being an Enneagram 2 is a very different look for justice and leadership than an Enneagram 8 and because it takes me so long to like internalize what's happening and not knee-jerk react into action or doing something or not being authentic to myself I know that that's not a good thing for me and so I have to take that minute and sometimes you know it takes a little bit of time you know and I hope that those that follow me on Instagram know my standpoint on the things that I've shared but I haven't made any content around it and I'm, I'm probably not going to because one I I'm white I am not going to center myself around that conversation because that's that's performative. That's not okay. Like this this needs to be a conversation around people that are doing the work and and pouring into them and helping them be able to further their work of social injustice and watching you do that 
has given me so much like things to think about in a good way. And it's pointed me in places to um, take in educators on um, civil and social justice. And it's been really important for me to recognize that that's my path is to, I need to take that time. I'm still very much in learning and assessment. I'm probably going to be there for a while, but that's what I need to do because I'm an Enneagram too. And me doing the work means taking a second to internalize learning to create lasting, sustainable change within myself and those in my community and those around me. And that's what feels good to me. And that feels right to me. It feels authentic. And that's what's going to create lasting change, not performative work or action or task checking off boxes, because it was so easy to want to go there because I want to, I want to do something. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) that's not what's going to work in the long run. And that's not what's helpful in the long run. Well, and and one of the things that I really pulled from the workshop that I did. Well, and it was the, from the town hall. I'll link this in the show notes for everybody. Again, um, the town hall that Rachel Rogers put together with several different um, so good leaders in the, in the black community and the social justice community, um, a, a CEO, uh, you know, folks who run their businesses and, and are white and need to, you know, incorporate this and have over the last couple of years, maybe, um, but Erica Hines, who is a is a DEI um, educator and consultant, said basically, you know, we can't go from awareness and to action and skip analysis, and that's just where I've been marinating for a while. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this a little bit last week, but it's just one of those things that I, I actually taking having a knee jerk reaction and taking action immediately is my mo. <laughs> Right? Yeah. yeah and it's your superpower. Like, well, you're like, <laughs> but, and it just so happens that that knee jerk reaction is often the gut reaction that actually is what needs to happen. But there's probably a more succinct, um, not necessarily polished, but put together and, um, well thought out way to do that. Um, and you know, I, my initial reaction with, um, with hearing about George Floyd's death was just being incensed that that it took me that long to be angry about it and that's such a a privileged thing to say Mm -hmm. um you know I we again we have the privilege of learning about racism rather than experiencing racism Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I completely recognize that and so it was it's been quite an awakening for me and I think it has for a lot of people mm-hmm. I think it's really unfortunate that this awakening has happened in this in this moment because it should have happened a long time ago but I'm not gonna sit in a corner and cry about it I'm gonna go fucking do something about it yeah <laughs> so, yeah for real and I'm gonna do what I can and I don't necessarily know all of the things you know I don't know what that is in in my personal life and in, in a lot of ways but um, professionally, I know, you know, for the most part, what needs to be done. And I am more than open to hearing suggestions. Yeah. So we obviously we address what we're doing. Um, but I know I mean, I know this was hard for you. And when we got together to record and, and talk about our stance from a podcast standpoint um, for last week's episode, you know, I basically was like, you know, are you cool if I just kind of talk through this? And you were like, yes, absolutely. I agree with everything you're saying, but I'm not really ready to kind of talk too much Ugh. about this yet. That was so and hard for me to even I know, but that. I really, I really appreciated that from you. And I know, you know, everything that we said last week, we sat down and wrote together. 
Mm-hmm. And I just happen to be the one to, to say it. But you're in it. You're here for it. So I am very much so. And it's and it was funny when the episode launched. I was like, well, now I have more to I want to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, I had just taken two social justice trainings the previous day. <laughs> so yeah. I was, I was I firing all, on all cylinders. Yeah. And, and I, I have to take that in really slowly. Yes. I wanted to mention, too, um, you know, for our podcast listeners who are in the health and wellness industry, um, Diane Sanfilippo has partnered with um, a couple of black food bloggers and business owners um, in in the like paleo nutrition health community to talk about the disparities in like the food and wellness industry, racial inequalities within the food mm-hmm. and wellness industry. And she's doing a webinar. And by the time this episode airs, it will have already passed. It's tomorrow. But mm-hmm. um, they are putting up the recording. So I will link that in the show notes if it is in fact available um, for folks to, to check out, but wonderful. Yeah. I'm excited for that as well. There's a couple of different, um, you know, there's a lot more education that's still coming out. And, you know, I think, I think about this wave of social justice and anti-racism happening in this country. And I feel joy around the fact that, that a lot of the people I know and love and respect are, Um, having an awakening as well and I think it's this collective awakening that's happening but what happens is things get quiet again because we don't make we are coming from a privileged place and we don't have to make Mm -hmm. this part of our daily we don't have to make this part of our life's work although Mm -hmm. we absolutely should Mm -hmm. and um, you know I the thing that I I hope that continues as people continue to seek their own education. Mm-hmm. And even when things get quiet, it reminds me of grief. You know, it reminds me of, of losing. Uh, I mean, like when I lost my dad, I, you know, people show up right, right away. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for your loss. What do you need? They're bringing you flowers. They're bringing you food. They're bringing you plants that you know, you're never going to be able to take care of. They're oh coming, they're coming to the funeral. They're bringing you tequila. You're drinking said tequila. I mean, like it's a whole, I, and, and the hard part of grief is the weeks later yes. when everyone goes mm-hmm. back to their regular life and you are there alone with your feelings. Mm-hmm. And I just think about those feelings that I had and then amplify them like times a million and think mm-hmm. about all of the, the black, the BIPOC people living in this country and in this world, frankly, uh, who deal with that grief and pain every day. Yeah, um, it doesn't go away. It doesn't, it's, and it doesn't get, they don't get to forget about it. <laughs> like and it passes to generations yeah. coming. And that's what's, that's what yeah. was, that's, that's what was hard for me because I understand a little tiny sliver of emotions because mm. that's what I'm exploring a lot right now is emotional health, well-being, mental well-being, you know, and how that affects our physical bodies and learning about the trauma that black men and women people however they identify are feeling and knowing what that's doing to their bodies just was like that's where I was like not okay we cannot allow this to happen because a lot of this is is just they're just being steamrolled over like nobody's listening to them about their lived experiences Mm -hmm. and I I'm spending a lot of time learning about that and learning about trauma 
And so because that's so fresh for me and then hearing about the trauma of black people, I was just like, this is insane. Not okay. Absolutely not okay. (laughs) But then it turned into now what? And I think that's all the place that we're in is that that post initial wave of awakening and choosing to still be uncomfortable with what's happening and trying to like move forward uncomfortably is an unusual place because human nature doesn't want to be uncomfortable Mm. but we have to choose to be okay with seeing things that are hard and listening about things that are hard and interacting with those that are doing the work and raising them up and allowing their voices to be heard and that's so important absolutely I um I think one of the best places to plug yourself in right now is a lot of the teachings that are happening around like, okay, we all were enraged. Now, now what? Like what's mm-hmm. next? Mm-hmm. Um, and Rachel Rogers has a good article on this. I'll link it in the show notes on kind of next steps. And, you know, she basically said like, it, you know, a couple of years ago, I think a year ago, maybe she wrote an article and I shared in my Instagram stories recently on how to create diversity in your online business. Mm. And it's great. I will, I will link it for everybody. Um, but she talks about how, you know, if your business is not becoming more diverse, it's becoming less relevant. And mm. we're going to see like companies become less known, less profitable, and possibly bankrupt because of their lack of commitment to Mm anti-racism. And we've seen that happen firsthand with like the CrossFit community um, over the last couple of weeks um, at the hand of a jackass racist CEO. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's always been that way. But Greg Glassman (laughs) put out a tweet, a couple of tweets and tweet replies that were just heinous. Um, and kind of making fun of George Floyd and not intentionally necessarily or not overtly maybe right but covertly and uh, and I mean the entire CrossFit community was enraged and most of the so well and most of the CrossFit gyms I know have disaffiliated at this mm-hmm. point and they had to sell they he he literally had to hand over um, the entire company to someone because it oh, was I, I didn't follow that. that yeah, I mean, update. I'm no, I'm not totally up to date on all the details of that, but go, just go check out. I mean, Google like Greg Glassman and CrossFit Reebok dropped off as a as a um, that was when I learned about it. I was like yeah. saw it on the news and I went, oh, yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, people are making statements. If you're if you're not here to support um, anti racism efforts and improve your diversity and inclusion in your business. Um, and in your platforms, then people are not here for it. And frankly, mm-hmm. like I, I, yeah, I get it Yeah, and I'm with it. I'm here for it. But anyways, in, in the next steps article, she kind of talks about like, the, that's the question we have to ask ourselves is what's next. You know, we talk a lot about, um, you know, business growth on this podcast. We talk a lot about personal development on this podcast And, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't make sure we're talking about um, racial disparity when it comes to wealth and earning potential. Um, I was just reading a stat from from um, Rachel Rogers blog, Hello 7, where she said that the average um, household family wealth in the United States is like 
$170,000 or something, $171,000. And the average wealth of a, of a black family is $17,000 Oh my gosh! to like 10 times, 10 times. So anyways, I think we, we can't avoid talking about money and talking about racial disparity in income earning potential. We can't Mm -hmm. avoid talking about business growth and talk about the lack of opportunity that's available to black um, and BIPOC individuals and, you know, really be shining a light on that as we are able, you know, again, and I just, guys, let me just remind you, we are not social justice educators. We are not experts in this field whatsoever. We are doing the work alongside you. Please do not praise us for this work. This is what oh, we're supposed to be. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and please, I mean, I want to just continue to say, like, you guys can always go to rebelheartradio.com ask to send us a comment, complaint, voice your concern, send us a resource or a business owner or someone who you would like to see highlighted on the podcast. Like we are, or you'd like us to interview on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we are in, we are an open book. Um, and there, we do have some things planned, but, um, you know, we need, we need the village. We need everybody to help and support and make sure that this conversation, um, does not die down and we're committed to not allowing it to die down um, on this podcast. So if you don't want to be here for this part of the conversation, then this might not be the podcast for there's, you. There's the door. <laughs> this this like, isn't the podcast for you. Let me just say it. And I'm not the yeah. human for you either. <laughs> Let me just say that. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping Doors we've already, open. you know, <laughs> from a heart place have already weeded through that. So anyways, um, I think that, I think that's it for this week. We have, you know, lots more to share with you guys over the, over the coming weeks when it comes to life and business updates, but it felt nice to just kind of, yeah, get, this is a real, real let's right get, now. <laughs> let's get back on the same page yeah. and, um, and we'll continue to share some more episodes that are related around business. We have a great episode coming up with Shay Keats on pricing your services. I know those, the two part episode that we did on um, lessons learned from owning a service based business were very well received. And um, we heard you loud and clear. You want more information in that area. And so we have, um, you know, some more business information to bring to you guys on the podcast. And then we'll kind of lean back into our regular rhythm that we've had over the last couple of years with a few different changes that we'll make sure to keep you guys abreast at. So thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.